don't know what yeah. episode number this is, but this is the Fantasy Premier League podcast for the Gorp, cor, uh, wow, the Corporate Global Mini League. And I'm here with Taylor I'm here. here. <laughs> yeah, and who else is here? I think we have someone else snuck in the door. Spicer's the here. <laughs> Spice be Duncan in the house. <laughs> All right, we're off to a great start. This is just me being my own hype man. (laughs) (laughs) It's me trying to do both characters at once, and it's tough. It's tough. This podcast had four, by the way. uh, Yeah, episode four, sure. Game week eight has just eclipsed. Um, And this podcast has absolutely no structure, especially when Taylor leaves me in charge of it five (laughs) minutes before we get started. (laughs) So we're just (laughs) flying off the cuff. (laughs) Just to to say a little bit about our guest today, uh, William Wild Bill Spicer, Um, (laughs) he is the co-host of our, I would say our sister podcast, the Corporate Global Dynasty Big sister uh, podcast, big sister, but yeah, more of like an inspiration more than anything else, I would say. Yeah. Um, So welcome, welcome, William. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. Especially today has been like an ideal day. I woke up at six a.m. and we recorded our our like fantasy football, quarter global fantasy football podcast this morning. So I have two podcasts in one day. So one at six a.m., one at six p.m. Huh? Yep. Wow, (laughs) that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm uh, stoked. Yeah, and if you uh, if you want to listen to a podcast where people actually know what they're talking about, you should go over and try that podcast. We don't they, know what we're they talking. actually know things about the sport they're talking about. Whereas, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for Evan, but I know for me, I'm just pulling a lot of things out of my butt most of the time. <laughs> no, most of what it is over there is um, me me saying silly things, uh, Hunter making hot takes. And specifically doing so in a way that uh, pokes at everyone else in the league intentionally. <laughs> so it's like this: we have this great like goofball and like sort of like villain, like the humorous villain, and on that podcast. So it's a good one. Uh, before we get into things, can I uh, get something off my chest that yes. I feel I feel very convicted about, and that. I wanted to lay before you guys and ask forgiveness about. Okay. Um, okay. Wow. Yes. This is, uh, I think I like watching Jack Grealish now. Oh, wow. I'm so I've been a long time hater of Jack Grealish. Um, partially just because of the things he brings up about my own past, um, playing <laughs> with, <laughs> playing with, uh, you know, Brentwood, uh, soccer, bros basically um he has that kind of style but just watching him and uh yeah ollie watkins connect and ross barkley it was like a thing of beauty so i think i've i've seen the jack Grealish light um and i would feel bad if people still thought that i was i was a hater really slacking him off okay well so i want to ask this because i'm trying to get a a conception of the style so i've never watched Grealish actually play a second of football that i that i know so like but you're describing the type of midfielder at a like private school i think gives me enough which is like they're kind of lazy especially on defense but they can be pretty active if they think they can score um and like but are also oftentimes will like play try to play like 
a pretty spectacular like tap touch for a give and go and like that kind of play like it's like brazilian style football but way worse like is that kind of the style yeah i think that's in the the realm evan how would you describe the way jack grealish plays oh man um i wouldn't say he's more of a so i guess what you were describing spicer is kind of like a traditional like south american type of stereotype where uh, like they're trying to be a little flashy um not known for their defensive skills um it feels a little italian too a little like andre pirlu to me i would I wouldn't say that it's necessarily totally off, but I don't okay. necessarily think that that fully encompasses it. But I also don't think that there's one thing that fully encompasses it. Um, <laughs> so I need to watch, is what you're saying. Like, he's doing yeah, some pretty no, weird like, stuff. No, he's not doing weird stuff. He's just, like, a solid player. Um, he's, like, I think when Taylor refers to that as uh, the Brentwood FC type, um, kind of has a little I think it's more so in the build and the shape uh, of him as I well see. as his as well as his attitude oh, i see now th- now is his haircut does it match as well and yes. the haircut okay. yes hair is oh. like spot on that's so tough. that's kind of i think that's what i think that was the big thing that taylor had to get over was <laughs> yeah the look the actual look because you know taylor's all about appearances here on yeah. this podcast um He's super into fashion, and I think just the look of Jack Grealish was not very appealing to Taylor. And the but name. I think just the name? Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. But watching like how him you, play, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, like, let me ask you this. Even if you had no idea about, about soccer, and I said, who would you rather watch play, Lionel Messi or Wayne Rooney? Who do you think is the one who has, like, the more beautiful game? Like, they're, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, know yeah. that right then. I got That's you. That's a great yeah. point. That is a really good point, but... Thank you. You have been absolved of your sins, yes, Taylor Hair. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think what I took for selfishness was just uh, Aston Villa being crap and him not having anywhere else to go. And now yeah. that he has other players to dish the ball to, he seems like much more of a team player. So, totally. Jack Grealish, I know you listen to the podcast. Um, I'm sorry for what I've said about you on our on our <laughs> private Slack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Um, I guess we'll let's go ahead and get started uh, talking about our fantasy, um, our fantasy league. A lot has happened, most of it being at the bottom of the table. So, Spicer, do you want to give us a rundown of the table, start from the top, and just kind of uh, just put in perspective? You don't have to go into detail. Just kind of put it in perspective of where people are at at the end of game week eight. Absolutely. I, I would love to. So up at the top, we still have the Lords of Soccer Ball, um, managed by Jerry Groth, Jay Griffith. And, uh, and so at the top, been at the top, we're, we're hoping for him to be number one in the world. Next up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the winner faces with manager Wyatt Keener starting to pull out the flannel around this time of year. Get, getting ready with his new fashion choice. <laughs> Staying in a cool second, he's been chasing pretty hard. I'm pretty impressed with Wyatt's like chase down ability so far. Uh, in this in this season, uh, speaking of chase down ability, Hugo Weaving Wood. Okay, so what is it? M? Is it just Wood M? <laughs> it's just Wood M. Wood M. Hugo Weaving Wood M. Uh, managed by none other than Taylor Hare in third. Um, about. You know, 30, 
or 29 points behind Wyatt there in second. Then not far behind him after a big game week is Ancelotti Antipasti, managed by Evan Estes, doing a little what? shoulder bob right now. He's feeling good about that <laughs> two places up within 15 points of Taylor. Um, he's feeling pretty good. Then there's me with uh, Spice B. Duncan. Uh, not a not a bad week this week, but uh, gets my, get, keep my fifth place standing after dropping to sixth for a while and then managed to claw, crawl up on uh, on Evan's little uh, breadcrumbs left behind to keep my place. <laughs> as, as crumbs, as we're speaking of, drops all the way down <laughs> to the bottom. Oh, it was Tim uh. Griffith. But only one point behind fifth, very tight race. From sixth to second is only a 51-point difference. So very, very tight throughout the league. I got to say, that's karma for Tim. I mean, he, last game week, I came in, I was, uh, I stayed in sixth, and I was one point behind Tim. Well, Tim, you you do that to somebody, it's going to be get done to you. So it sucks to suck, but hey, if you can learn anything from me, um, you can see that you can jump up a couple places, especially if you're only down one point from uh, the person ahead of you. So totally, yeah. I'm very excited for some intra podcast uh, competition. Once you uh, gain a couple more points on me, oh yeah, oh man, that's gonna be intense. Ugh. <laughs> All right, um, so let's go ahead and dive into the teams. So we're gonna start from the top. Uh, this week and then work our way down the table. We'll skip Spice's team um, and save them for last because we'll spend the uh, most amount of time with them. But Evan, uh, you're going to go ahead and get us into uh, the team that sits atop the league, Jerry Groth. No, that's you. Oh, that's me. Sorry. (laughs) Here I am. uh, Just totally missing (laughs) missing the mark (laughs) right off the bat. (laughs) Um, Let me pull up the team real fast. Oh, here we go. Okay. Lords of Soccer Ball. Um, so, I mean, a lot of things to say about Jay's team, because Jay was not the only person, as we'll find out, who wildcarded this week, but Jay did use his wildcard. Um, Jay made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight changes to his team over the course of the week. Um, and he brought in some players who I would say are like... Uh, our podcast favorites. So he brought in um, Zaha. He brought in Lamptey. Um, he brought in Calvert-Lewin, um, Dallas. Um, I think interesting among the people that he's brought in is uh, Gareth Bale. So I believe, unless I'm mistaken, he had Gareth Bale early in the season and dropped him. For, in favor of Lucas Mora. Um, so this is to fill Jerry's Spurs quota, the kind of third <laughs> Spurs player. Um, he dropped him in favor of Lucas Mora, and then this week, as he wildcarded, nixed Lucas Mora and brought in Gareth Bale again. Um, so that is an interesting, interesting move, um, and maybe we can talk about that. But, I, I mean, <laughs> I think it says everything we need to know about Jay's team. I mean, he had a good week. He scored 65 points. But 10 of those were from his goalie. Uh, so, Roy Patricio, um, Wolves goalkeeper, uh, scored 10 points. So, I mean, just a huge production from that position, which is not not something you can really expect each week, but obviously a nice bonus. And uh, just going off that, that's not even with a clean sheet. Wolves lost 1-0. to zero. 
Yeah, and, so and basically that means Wolves were terrible and he had to make a lot of saves. <laughs> no, he had a penalty save, which got him five points from that. And so That's because, five points? A penalty yes. save? What's a, is a penalty miss? Do they get three or something? They, just for a penalty miss... Um, what do you mean? A penalty for like, the goalie? Like a, yeah. That, no, or that's it considered just... a save. If, okay. if, the, if the guy doesn't score, oh, it's really? considered a save, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize um, that. And we'll get, we'll, maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about penalty misses at some point later, but um, yeah. And then he also got the three bonus points, Patricio, because of that. He was the losing yeah. goalie, which doesn't make any sense, but. Totally wild. But yeah, it's a, it was kind of a weird week. Um. I want to know from both of you, just to kind of get us started off, again, we're not going to spend too much time on these other teams because we want to get to Spice, but what do you guys think about the Gareth Bale thing? Should should Jerry have brought Gareth Bale in? I don't, I don't like it, but this, is, this comes more out of my experience in other fantasy sports, which may not be true of this one. But there's only so many there's only so many scoring plays to go around on a team in a given game, and so it's like there's a, there's some marginal there's some marginal benefit that starts to diminish the more players from that team you add. So like two players on the high offensive team is great, but the third one the probability goes way down of them being successful as well. And I feel like Gareth Bale is that. His, his return on the dollar spent is just not there. Totally. Evan, what do you think? I can see that, although Jay last week did mention, he refreshed us, that he's, in addition to having three Spurs players, he's not going to have any Arsenal players and no uh, Manchester City players. So you got to spend the money somewhere. I don't mind the Gareth Bale pick. I think it's a fun... Um, I think the Bale pick, as long as he keeps it as like a fun, punty type of pick, um, then yeah, that's great. As long as he's got some reliable um, other players, then yeah, I, I think the Bale pick is actually pretty fun because I don't think many people will have him. I don't think any of us will ever pick him up. So that's a big like differential player that uh, he can have. Um, so I don't mind it. I think it's actually probably... The three, if I was following his rules, those are the three players I would pick too. Interesting. Yeah, in uh, in teams selected, he's only been selected by one percent of teams. <laughs> yeah, mm, not so. a lot. I mean, that's still like what, like seventy thousand people or something, because there's like seven million players. Right. So, but anyway. Yeah, cool. I know. It's just it, it's tough for me to like reconcile that with the kind of eye test that he just like does not look up to it right now. Like he. The, the team looks so much worse when he's playing than when <laughs> Mourinho subbed on Lucas Mora and, like, they had someone who would actually, like, run around and be creative. But that being said, I see your point about, um, like, it's worth it kind of on the chance that he knocks in a goal or gets a random assist or something like that. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Jerry's team. Anything else you want to say before moving on? I don't awesome. Think so. He, he, Great. He's still rocking and rolling. Still rocking and rolling, still up ahead of the Peloton, still <laughs> flashing us with that Eat My Bubbles sign on the back. Um, we hope to <laughs> to be close enough to eat those bubbles soon. Um, <laughs> still, right. still in the top that's a, that's a good. That's a good West Ham reference, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's Spice, not, let's not get started with West Ham references. There's some uh, pretty naughty oh, ones. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think I yeah. want to know. But okay, let's can... we'll we'll talk about it off the air for our off my, at, for the for, for the for after hours pod. <laughs> yeah. Corporate um, you gotta you gotta really you gotta pay hours. twenty dollars a month for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So one thing I want to say, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us in here, and we're gonna talk about the the why it's team the winter faces. Uh, one thing I want to note is that we haven't talked about any of the uh, any of the team's kits they've designed that I know of on here. Oh, that's a good um, point. And I want to take a moment because one thing that it kind of made me feel bad at first, but I'm like, I was designing this. I was the only person to to not put the the um what's it called the the no room for racism logo on my jersey just because like i was just like oh i'm just going for the simple design because i'm always the person who does like the crazy stuff and then i went to look and everyone put that like square png on their jersey and then i felt bad but then i was like now i'm just doing this because i feel bad but i was shocked to see that everyone else was like was like i was like wow this is great because the aesthetics of it are displeasing <laughs> Even if they would have made a transparent background for it, it would have made it so much better and centered the no and four. The fa- anyways, <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't look that good, does it? <laughs> no, but um, but I'm glad it's there. But I wanted to mention that some crossover. Wyatt's kit color matches his football jerseys for the winter faces Ooh. in that league. It's like a close color match. Oh, love it. So that's some, just that's great. Want to let you know. About the kits. So, the winter faces, let's see. Any, they had, they make any transfers? No transfers. They were out of transfers, I think. For, for this. So, riding with their horses. Um, not a, not a bad week, but s- slightly below average. What do y'all, what do y'all think? What do you, what do you see here? Because, like, when I'm looking, what I mainly see is, is just, I don't know. The midfield maybe being a little weak through here with Rodriguez and and Maximin. Like, I think that that would be where he probably was let down relative to the rest of the field. Yeah, this yeah. team. This team. Looking at this team, it kind of feels like it's a few weeks old. If I'm being honest, um, don't mean to you know throw shade or shots fired or anything, but um, I do think that it could use some freshening up to put a positive spin on it. And I do think you've probably, other than maybe a couple of other people that I might switch out, um, I do think the midfield is probably the the biggest area of improvement. Um, Although he's got, you know, there's, I would say probably half of his team I would probably end up keeping. Um, So there's definitely room for improvement. Um, What do you think, Taylor? I think the midfield's a pretty weak spot. He could bring in some other some big hitters in the midfield. I think that would do him some good. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Like, um, I think this is definitely a, a wild card situation for Wyatt where you could really use just kind of the, the unlimited transfers to get some of these players out of here. I think you probably need to get Alexander Arnold out because he's going to be out for four weeks, it looks like, um, with that calf injury. Um, I mean, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse but Mitrovic probably needs to be out of there although I wonder if now because I've said that so many times why it is keeping him out of spite for me and always starting him <laughs> um, I like to think that's the case um, yeah and then I don't know you definitely have 
seen a lot more of James this season. Um, I wonder if you still think he's value at 7.9. Um, like, what what's your read on James going into game week nine? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I ditched him a while back when he was rumored to be hurt, but wasn't, but then ended up getting hurt later. So, um I, Everton don't look great right now. We really don't look good. Um, I wouldn't mind dropping him, but at the same time, if you don't really have any other places to go or any other people that you like in that bracket, then hold on to him. Um, I think if you wild card, I think to put it simply, if he wild cards, get rid of him. If he's not wild carding, hold on to him. That would yeah. be my that would be my advice. Yeah. Yeah, this this is like a, a great wild card scenario though, because he has enough of those really big pieces that he can probably trade around for some value, like like being able to not have to buy Sun, Kane, or Grealish, which you will probably buy on a wild card or transfer in, or Calvert Lewin. He's still a good one to have even on a wild card too. So I'm with y'all. Totally. Yeah, Wyatt, if you're listening. We suggest you wild card, but do what also you want. it just Grace. makes it exciting. So it's <laughs> yeah, kind of like trading yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in fantasy sports. Something. It's just exciting. Oh yeah. Also, the the kind of like form so far has been you wild card, you get on the podcast. So if that's an incentive, that's true. Um, uh, another thing to note, which we'll get to a little bit in mind, is the he has two actual goalies, and I don't think that that's the right play. I think it's better to burn the three point nine on a dead goalie. Mm. Or whatever the minimum is, yeah. And I'll explain and McCarthy, more later. Ma- but yeah, McCarthy's been a solid enough keeper that I think you can justify having a, a bencher for for a backup. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, moving on to cool number three. Number three is you, Taylor Hare. Hugo Weaving would M with a game week score of fifty points. The joint, well, actually, never mind. But it was you were joint um, second lowest points total all week with Wyatt so you two up at the top um, allowed a couple of people below you gain on you and let Jerry get just a little bit further out of reach so not not a great week for y'all but it wasn't like terrible at all Um, but let's get into let's get into your team so to start off um, the transfer that you made was pretty interesting um so I'd like to get your initial thoughts on this real quick, both of you. Um, Taylor s- transferred out David Luiz from Arsenal, brought in Patrick Van Anholt from Crystal Palace, who's um, fairly expensive. How, how much was he, like 5'5"? Five, five? Uh, I think it was 5'4". Five, 5'4", four. Five, four, okay. So what, what are your thoughts there real quick? Um, I mean, Patrick Van Anholt has been traditionally one of my favorite players to watch play. Um He's a defender who is extremely forward-thinking. Um, he occasionally takes penalties for Crystal Palace, um, at least he did last season, which um, was the reason I actually had him in my team in game week one. Um, when he was injured but rumored to be fit enough to play, that turned out not to be the case, and I had to, I had to offload him. But I wanted him in there because he had been taking penalties at the end of last season for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, really happy with the pick. I think, like, five points is all I want from him. 
uh, my theory about David Luiz giving me points uh, was not turning out to be the case, and so I actually saved 0.1 pounds on that transfer. I think um, I think I did. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel really good about it. Spicer, you got any any thoughts on Patrick Van Anholt? Um, not much on him. I truly despise David Luiz, though. So I'm very <laughs> ecstatic that you just got him out. Yeah, that's understandable. Like, I think what I was what I was planning on, and this was my like master plan, was pe- like people hate David Luiz because he like does really dumb stuff all the time, right? Yeah. And so I thought because of that, people, like, very few people would have him in their teams. Mm, And and then I could get some kind of differentiation um, based on that. But it turns out if you have a guy who does dumb stuff, sometimes it's (laughs) not just, like, a hack of the game. It's just that he does dumb stuff and doesn't get you points. So, Yeah. Yeah, or he's, like, on a card having to miss a game week. Yeah. It's brutal. Always on a yellow card. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Okay. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good. I think that was a pretty good move. I mean, like you said, Van Enholt got you five points, um, and that's kind of the way it went with the rest of your team. You didn't have any double-digit hauls or anything like that. Um, you just had the occasional five, six, seven points, kind of spread around. Um, you know, between Tyrone Mings and Aston Villa. I mean, Tyrone Mings and Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. That honestly the way that game went definitely benefited you. You got six from both of them. Yeah. So that was huge. Your captain didn't come off, but no one's captain in the league came off because we all captained the same son. Um, and obviously that didn't work out for anybody, which was a little frustrating. Um, but yeah, kind of just like evenly spread points all around, which is, I kind of like, um, I like when you have a low scoring game week and, um, and your points are kind of spread around, I think it's fine um, because you're not relying on any one particular person. So I think that's one of your strengths to uh, for this squad. Um, but honestly, I don't really know. Um, I don't really have a particular direction for you to go. I don't really know who you would um, transfer out or transfer in. Um, do you have any ideas on what you'll be doing? I don't. I mean... Part of me is always wanting to transfer out um, Kevin De Bruyne because I know just because like he'll like he'll somehow end up with stats at the end of the game. But like ever since you said that thing about him playing farther back in the field than he did last season, that's like all I can think about when I watch him play. It just makes me so frustrated that he like sits so far back. Um, And so uh that's like something i'm always thinking about whether or not i'll actually pull the trigger i'm not sure um spice i know you're on the podcast and in uh the dynasty podcast you're famous for putting people on notice um (laughs) and i wonder if you could put raul jimenez on notice for me Uh oh yeah uh i was gonna put i can put raul jimenez on notice uh, I also want to put like every single player on Man City from the midfield up on notice. Like, it's an it's embarrassing their offensive numbers as a whole. Yeah. It's tr- it's truly embarrassing. But um, Raúl Jiménez, you have been put on notice. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm hoping that will be 
um, <laughs> the the uh, whip that will get the horse going. Um, yeah, and I also appreciate you putting all of Man City's kind of forward yeah. lines on notice because that would benefit me too. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, when you were talking about who to transfer out, I was going to say you got to transfer out De Bruyne or Jimenez. I think that they, like, De Bruyne, even when City's offense is going, it's not him. It's The offense, like, doesn't run through him anymore. It's it's bizarre. Um, and, Y'all are playing with fire if you're going to do that. I'm just letting you know <laughs> right now. You're playing with fire. I know. And he'll pop off at the end. or like. But here's the thing. Uh, I think that you could always just trade. Like, once he has that one week where you can feel it clicking, you'll know it. I think it won't take you but one game week to watch. Like, it'll be like when they play someone like, I don't want to say like an Everton, but like Crystal Palace or Lesser, someone who's good, and De Bruyne will go off for like a goal and two assists, and they'll win hmm. three two or something, and you'll be like, okay, this is like, now he's going, and then and then swap him in. That's what I'm planning to do at least, because yeah, I think because if he doesn't though, if it wasn't for penalties, he would be terrible. He would be absolutely terrible. Evan disagrees. But, no uh, way. This is the first season. I think last season he started to be on penalties. Um, just listen to these fantasy numbers real quick. So out of the last four seasons, so starting in 2016-2017, he's had, um, well, there was one season he was hurt and only played like, he played less than 1,000 right. minutes. So okay. he ended up playing like maybe like, well, what is that, close to 10 games, not even? Yeah, like 10 to 12 yeah, games. 10 to 12 games. Like time you know minutes worth of games and a lot of those were him coming on so that season you can scrap but out of those four seasons um he had 199 points 209 points and 251 points out of like those are the three that he played the full season and just listen to these numbers six goals 21 assists then the next season eight goals 18 assists and then last season 13 goals 23 assists oh are I you really going to get are you going to get rid of this man? Evan, let me terrifying. read you his okay. points from the la- from that he's earned this season, okay? Okay. So, game week 1, 13 points against <laughs> Wolves. Yeah. Uh, and then he had uh, 2 points against Leicester, 2 points against Leeds, 0 points against Arsenal, 1 point against West Ham, 6 points against Southampton, and 3 points against Liverpool. Had he not missed the had he not missed the penalty um in the Liverpool game, that would have been a double-digit haul, easily. But sure, I mean, but he missed, it. But yeah, he missed yeah, yeah, the penalty. Let's okay. talk. You want to talk about him? <laughs> okay, he won't miss. What, he, won't miss he, many, have, he won't miss many penalties, and it's he, only, he's having a blurst year, man. It's one of those years. I'm not saying that he's bad. I just think at eleven and a half million, how could you not put in Mane or someone else right now, and then hop on the ride later? Because this is a ride that is not fun to be on right now if you're a De Bruyne holder yeah, from but, game week but, one. But their fixtures are good. They play Spurs, which is okay, you're, and then yeah. Burnley and then Fulham. Burnley yeah. and Fulham, both of you're, those at home. Yeah, okay. So if he has a good game week next week against Spurs, I will put him in. Okay, the, but, that, but, but does ride. Taylor get rid of him, though? I say you get rid of Jimenez. Listen oh, yeah. to I, listen. I say I if you're choosing between first. the two, yeah, yeah, I would get rid of Jimenez first because he's playing Southampton, which looked decent. He's playing Arsenal next, and then he's playing Liverpool next, and then he's playing Aston Villa, and then Chelsea. 
like those are not great fixtures um and considering considering wolves only score like one goal a game like it might it will most likely be him that scores it but it could easily be someone else um or they just don't score so i don't think you, i think you're you run the risk you have a greater risk if you transfer out De Bruyne than you do transferring out Jimenez. That's just mm. my thought. Don't take my word. That don't you know? Now, you know. I think whatever. I think Evan has a, a solid point there, and especially because you can upgrade from Jimenez to to Bamford. Like I think that that might be an upgrade, and it saves you money. Mm. That's actually yeah. yeah. That's another thing to think about, Taylor, when you're making this decision. Not only who you're taking out, who you're bringing in. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember that from. Um, well, I don't know. I can't. I can't reference it right now. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. That's just another thing you're going to be thinking about: is who would you bring in from De Bruyne for De Bruyne? Who would you bring in for Jimenez? So I don't know. I mean, it's tough because De Bruyne to Salah is easy. I feel like it's fairly easy. And I mean, he's a good player. Him or Mane would be good. But I just think Jimenez would is probably going to be. Out scoring like the next four to five game weeks, I think De Bruyne is going to outscore Jimenez. That's just yeah. my thought. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about it because oh, he's going to make some I, big ooh. money moves. Yeah, this is, this is a big <laughs> yeah, week. I, I'm, I'm like very close to the edge of getting good De Bruyne. So we'll check oh, back wow. with me next week. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. That's going to be exciting. Uh, well, actually, yeah. you have longer because next weekend's the international oh, break, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No games. Not so no games you have a long time first. to think about it, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, know, oh, I was going to ask, do we get an extra transfer for the second week? Do we, no. Is it based? Okay. It's based on was, game week. Was, Mat, yeah, matches. Oh, I would have loved that. I know. It would be nice. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Um, All okay. right. Um, well, that's Taylor's team. <laughs> Everything no, else that's Taylor's though. team. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> we haven't really done anything that... Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, you, you know when that when, passionate, when, I guess. When when Willie comes on, he's going to bring a little bit of a little bit of combativeness. It's been missing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Y'all are both so kind. I did. I did instruct Evan one time that we need to be more mean. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to uh, the team that currently sits in fourth place with a big green arrow, upward arrow next to it is Evanestis's Ancelotti Antipasti. So, um, yeah, obviously had a big game week with 66 points, um, well above the average for the game, which was 55 this week. Um, and I think there's a lot of things to say, kind of. I think a little bit like my team, you had your points pretty well spread out between your players. Like, you had some kind of dud weeks as... Lots of people did with Jimenez um, in particular. But you were getting consistent work out of uh, Lamptey. Kyle Walker-Peters was a great like week, I think, uh, both you and Wyatt had him. The the Ziek pick, which is where I want to start, because you brought him in this week. Is that correct? You you took out, you dropped Potence and brought in Ziek. Um, yeah, And so, right. obviously, that looks great, and... I don't know if you watched the Chelsea game, but he definitely seems like the kind of creative force uh, coming off of the right side right now. Um, so I think that's like a fantastic pick. How are you feeling about the, the Ziek move right now? Oh, I couldn't be happier. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. You br- you you know you 
transfer a guy out and then the guy you bring in has 11 points. Um, so, yeah, it definitely, definitely feels really good. I'm, I'm very happy about that, and I really hope Chelsea can keep up form because that looks like a good pick. As long as they can keep performing well, he's going to get points. Yeah. Chelsea have been so much fun to watch. Um, like, we, we've described them as a shipwreck before, um, and I think they still have an element of that to them, but they seem to be figuring things out. Um, partially uh, by, like, subtracting some players from their starting lineup, it seems like. So uh, that's good. Um, Spice, what do you think? What strikes you about, um, about Evan's team? Because he also made a switch for... Um, he took out Alexander-Arnold and brought in um, Cancelo for um for man city yeah so that was actually the one i was going to highlight because i think this one's inter- i i because i really don't like man city's defense at the price that this game wants to charge them at like mm. i don't think any of them are bad but i think he i just looked it up and he's at 5.4 right now and i think like that's like harry Maguire or which i know you guys he's infamously <laughs> i feel like sort of look down upon here yeah we don't but, like Harry Maguire um, much on this podcast but I really like Mings at 5.2 I, and when we get to him I brought him in um, and I just think there are some great players for a little like where you could save a little bit of money but Evan might have a different different opinion or like think like oh well uh, Cancelo gets into the rush a little bit more he has a higher probability of get, being involved in the offense in some way yeah, to be honest, the reason I brought in, I I feel like I focused more so on transferring out Alexander Arnold, yeah. more so than who I was bringing in. Um, not that I didn't think about it, but I kind of made the I made my transfers pretty late. Like I woke up on Friday morning and made them before I started my workday, um, and then the game like because the games started at like 11:30 on Friday, and so I had to like make my move before 10 a.m. and I didn't make it the night before so I didn't have too much I knew that I wanted to bring out potents for probably a a Chelsea midfielder so that was pretty easy and then I decided on Cancelo because he he was a guy that had been thrown around on a fantasy podcast that I listened to um, a different fantasy podcast and they were saying that City's defense looks good and then also like they've kind of their style of play is a little bit different and it's a little bit more defensive um, and it's not as just like all out um, attack that might be due to because they don't have any forwards and so um, they've had to play a little bit more reserved and then also Cancelo gets pretty far up so I figured it couldn't hurt compared to the savings I'm going to get if I mean I already had Alexander Arnold and he wasn't really doing anything so this is pretty low risk for me um, could I have picked someone that will end up being better? Possibly, maybe even probably, but I think this will be a, a fun one to kind of to look at. And um, when City keep a clean sheet, then I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I think this is more of me being down on City, le- mm. less so than the specific player. No, I mean that's totally. I totally understand that because I've not, I've not really been too high on City. Uh, at least their defense, you know, their defense has looked utter trash the last couple of years. Um, and then it looked like they were going to still be that bad this season when Leicester beat them like five to two or something. So I don't know. I guess they've kind of started to shape things up again, but I'm hoping to get ahead of the curve and get 
get this guy, and hopefully he'll be someone that everybody's trying to get in later. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, could be. It's like it's kind of an interesting season in the sense that I don't know if you guys feel this way, but there seem just seem to be a lot of like interesting picks at defender this season. Like I was watching some of the Arsenal game, and like I think a move for like um, uh, what's his name? Is it Kieran Tierney? Yeah. Who plays? Who plays like left back for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hector Bellerin is is classified as a defender yeah. in fantasy. Um, uh, yeah, so like I think there are a lot of opportunities at defense. And so I think the Cancelo pick is fine, partially just because if he starts underperforming, you could really easily switch him out and that's bring true. in someone who uh, who will, will get you going a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't when I – that was one, another thing I considered. I didn't want to just drop – him down too far to like a four or five million guy like a 4.5 million guy because then it's hard to like get the funds to like upgrade that person so i wanted to keep around like five and a half million five five and a half million um it's so it's kind of more of a spot that i can rotate like you were saying in case he underperforms i can just transfer him out to another person in that position so mm-hmm. yeah i'm happy about it all right um anything else we want to say about Ancelotti Antipasti? No, I would anticipate if they have one transfer for next week that Jimenez will be the one being shipped out potentially. Nice. A little forecast here. Yeah, possibly. Um, Although I don't really know exactly where I'm going to go yet. So if I think what I'm going to do is if there is a. Let's see, who do they play? They play Southampton. That's tough. So if there's another forward in that price range or someone I can downgrade him to and I've got the money for it, then and I really like the pick, then I'll then I might go ahead and do it. But if I'm not sold on any particular forward, then I might just wait another week. Um, I think the only ones I'm considering are actually the only one I'm probably considering is at this point is uh, Bamford. <clears throat> it's I, I was gonna say Bamford or Ings, Danny Ings, but I think Ings is hurt, so um, mm-hmm. I might end up going Bamford. What do y'all think about Bamford? Should I bring him in? Um, I mean, he seems to be scoring. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what more there is to say other than that he seems to to yeah. squeak a goal in each week, and that's yeah. really all you want from a forward. That's true. Spice, do you have a Bamford opinion? Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to my team. Oh, okay. wonderful! Yeah. Great. I would all just right. say wonderful. so. This is this is a little hot goss that. If I were to switch out Jimenez, I might pick up Tammy Abraham <gasps> Chelsea. Oh, wow. That's a good because, shout. That's because fun. He, he, seems, he seems to be finding a place in that, uh, in that forward line for Chelsea. And uh, even though he's generally getting subbed off in, like, the 70th minute for Olivier Giroud or whatever, he, uh, yeah, I, I just like that pick. Um, and I could see that working out. Wow, that's very interesting. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. All right. Um, so we're going to skip Spice's team and move straight to the bottom. Uh, so, uh, Evan, you're going to tell us about crumbs. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, didn't also, I, I, would like to, I would like to pause for the, the listeners and say, all we've had in the last three kits from the host of this podcast and crumbs I have two unfinished kits, just absolutely nothing. 
and an and Posse, Ancelotti. All you have is the no room for racism sticker as your kit. No, no design. Yeah. No, so we need Spicer, to get that going. No, Spicer, you know, it's get... not. It's not a blank kit. It's gray. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. It's silver. It's a silver kit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, gotta yeah. be honest. It's, it's clear. I didn't it's clear that, my, that that was even a thing. My players, oh, my players are running ra- running around in clear uniforms with that. No, <laughs> no room for racism. Okay. <laughs> They're, it's like pseudo naked. It's a real art statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll move on to we'll Sorry move on that. to Tim. No, that was great. I loved it. We'll move on to Tim. So, um, crumbs. Tim Griffith. Um, sorry, buddy. You dropped down to sixth um, after me and Spicer overtook you. Um, so you're only one point behind Spicer. You've got 404 points, and you had a game week the lowest out of everyone, um, which was a total of 44 points. Um, and then before we get into um, how you performed, you decided to make one transfer. Um, you transferred out Castagne from Leicester, right? And brought in Kilman for Wolves. Pretty interesting. Um, kind of a on-the-nose type. Well, I don't know about on-the-nose, but... Um, you're kind of uh, definitely keeping um, keeping tabs on what Wolves are doing um, because Kilman has started to come in to the team, getting some minutes. So I thought that was a pretty uh, forward-thinking move. Um, but looking at your team, um, we'll see that you didn't have a ton of points um, from different people. Um, you had the Vestergaard clean sheet. You had the Jack Grealish points. You had Zaha and and then Bamford. And then Calvert-Lewin got like a s- sneaky little mm-hmm. five-pointer in there. But So nothing too huge. Um, I do think that your Kilman move is was a good one. Um, I just don't know if I would, with this next run of fixtures, I don't know if I would start him every single week. But that's a good rotational defender that you brought in. So that's a good move. Obviously, Sun, you captain, didn't work out. Um, you vice captain Bamford, which unfortunately um, you hate to see it. That's always very frustrating. Um, but one thing I want to point out is, um, and I'll double check this, but yeah, Serge Aurier, zero points. Phil Foden, zero points. And Jimmy Dunn from Burnley, zero <laughs> points. All of those are on your bench. So that's something to keep in mind. I think you have a decent team, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> Lacazette is probably the one that I would think about dropping, um, but then also you've got the three defend the three bench players that got zero points that you might need to do something with. So um, you did make a transfer last week, so I'm assuming you only have one transfer, unless you've like somehow like rolled the transfer and and you're you've got two, but then you only do one, so you end up with two every week. Um, but I'm assuming you only have one, so I'd probably. I'd probably spend that on Lacazette, um, but let's see who do they play. Yeah, so here's yeah the, they play Leeds. I would probably, I don't know. I'd probably get rid of Lacazette and maybe get someone else. What do y'all think about Tim's team? What were you gonna say, Spice? Well, I wanted to talk about because when I was looking at it, Lacazette was the ex- exact first person I I thought like, oh, that is that's a transfer out. But I just looked at like the last four game weeks and it's been like city liverpool leicester and aston villa and it's like 
it's like you almost have to kind of ride with him at this point because he just got through the hardest part of the year and you sort of rode it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think I actually true. agree with that take. Like, I think I would disagree, and maybe Evan, you uh, will not appreciate this take, but I think the weakest spot on the team is Coleman at defense. Like, I don't see. Ooh. Yeah. I don't see any need to have Coleman in there. He's getting you either zero or one point um, every game for the last six game weeks, basically. Um, I don't, and I mean, I, I think Everton is a great team. I think they will score a lot of goals. I do not think they will keep a lot of clean sheets. Um, so I don't either. Be... I don't either. But with that said, we do have Fulham next. <laughs> So True. it's like they are, are probably the least likely to score out of any team in the Premier League. So it's kind of tough. But I think, yeah, long term, I think, yeah, get rid. But at the same time, you if you have another move you want to make, I don't think Coleman. I think you could keep Coleman in another week and it wouldn't kill you. But yeah. I do think he's, I would say he's urgent as far as you need to get rid of him soon. Yeah. And I want to echo what you were saying about the Kilman pickup. Um, I was watching some of the Wolves game this past weekend. Um, and yeah, that was someone that the commentators mentioned as really kind of coming into his own in that Wolves team. And I think we might be, I know we've referenced Tim as a man of mystery, but I think a, a picture might be emerging of, of Tim as a Wolves fan. Um, someone who follows the team closely because really that Kilman pick was very astute and very uh like uh seems to know something about the team so um yeah I like it for that reason and I like it for what we can infer about Tim himself from that pick dope well that I don't think I have anything else um Tim you got decent amount of time to figure out what you want to do to try to crawl your way back up to fifth or maybe even fourth <laughs> So it can be done. I showed, it's anybody's, I showed it's anybody's you. place at this, at this yeah. point, those, those yeah. last three or four spots. In the the last three are within how many? Fourth, fifth, and sixth are, the, are within seven points. So anything can happen. We might have a big jump again next week, and hopefully it's you, Tim, but hopefully it's also me. So that way you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that way I don't drop again. So, so that you stay in six. So. So I don't now, want it to be me spices. either. Nice says, hopefully it's also me, and then it's just all three of you. <laughs> all right. Yeah, maybe it's all three of us swapping with the top three. Talk about oh, redistribution wow. of wealth, huh? Okay. All right, Spicer, let's get into your team, buddy. Um, I don't know how you want to start it, but uh, you did wild card this week, and it looks like it turned out pretty well. How? What are your initial thoughts and feelings um, after the end of the after the end of the game week and you saw the final total on your team um, and where you're at in the league, how do you feel? I feel very good. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yes. Um, and the reason why I feel very good is that I don't th- – is a few things. So one is I think that not enough people in our league have Mo Salah and that I can mm. – and that just in general he's – undervalued and I have him already and I think uh, Hota is the other one who it's like he could really make a difference for me in a game week and so I feel like my team is a great balance of like I think I'm going to get some consistent scoring and keep up scoring 
with having enough firepower of not as owned players that I think could really have a good game week. Yeah. And at least on this podcast, you have gotten garnered a lot of praise for that Diego Jota pick because um, we think it's a great pick. Obviously, he got the start this weekend, um, which is absolutely fantastic. I don't know if you all saw that he Liverpool paid, played a, like a 4-2-4, basically, for the first half, um, which is pretty wild to see with Salah and Firmino and Mane and Jota all playing up top. Um and you you just love to see that. And um, you you brought him in like I, let me see which game week did you bring Jota in on? I, I can't even remember. Been, I think he might have been a right like from the start. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even look like you brought him in. Wow, that is truly, truly incredible, Spicer. So kudos to you for that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that's. That's sort of where I am with my team. Of course, I was I was a, quite sad about having Callum Wilson in instead of Bamford. Mm. That was like more of a managerial like, man, that five points would have taken me. Having a sixty-four point game week this week would have been big. Um, so that one that one kind of hurt because I was back and that was like an easy back and forth on who to throw in. Yeah, I, I when I saw that, I, I thought that might be your biggest issue is not necessarily um, the players themselves, but who to start each week. So you have uh, twelve like solid starters for eleven mm-hmm. spots, you know. So yeah. how are you gonna end up manu- managing that? Or maybe I should frame it as you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight solid starters for only seven attacking spots. Five, you've got five midfielders and three forwards, and so you elected to go five-two rather than maybe a four-three. So, what are your thoughts on that? It seems like you have one extra player. Um, do you want to like sell one, or do you want to keep that as a, like a rotation spot? Yeah, it's probably going to be my rotation spot because because both Wilson and Bamford are both very cheap right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I figure at some point I can always upgrade because there, if there's another forward who's, like, just really in good form, that's sort of the person who I'm going to be swapping for those spots anyways. So it's like this is just to be, a like, a, a fantasy hot hand kind of spot for me i gotcha yeah. okay but I also like also this segues into a theory that i have which is only happening because i played the wild card okay which is and i kind of talked to evan about it a little bit which is to to use your transfer every week which i might not use one this week so i can have get my two transfers back but use the transfer every week to play the goalie against the worst offenses in the premier league so like sheffield and burnley because I think that that could be an easy, like, you can always get easy points, potentially. Right? And so, mm-hmm. the equivalent to that is, like, in fantasy football, you do what's called flying defenses. Which is where, like, you just play the defense going up against the worst offense every week. And mm-hmm. every week you transfer, make that transfer happen. Um, beca- and so, what I did was, I did a little research. So, I went through and I looked at what every goalie had, like, their point total against Sheffield and Burnley 
to see like so if you could fly like against them every week what what would happen right so if you only played if every week you use one transfer to change to the goalie that played sheffield all season your goalies would have totaled you 44 points wow which which is i look which is uh three points higher than the highest goalie you could play hmm um and then I, against Burnley, so Burnley had a COVID the first week, so they've only had seven game weeks. So even at seven game weeks, if you would have played only the goalie against Burnley, you would have had 40 points. So you would have only been one point behind the number one goalie, tied for second, and they haven't even played the next game week. Hmm. Wow. And the interesting, interesting thing is if you is if you played so you, Sheffield, they they had they were had zero goals four times so you had a 50 you have a 50 percent chance of the goalie having a clean sheet and this and it's even higher for burnley hmm. um and the worst if you if you if you did picked a goalie you just guessed between sheffield and burnley the lowest point total you could have is 29 which sort of puts you in like the seventh goalies position but if you happen to guess between burnley and sheffield and get the hot got the highest point total each week that was available you could have had 61 points oh just from your God. goalie spot. <laughs> I love all of these numbers and stats. You went so, so far into it. This was great. And so I think I think that it's it's oh, and I did all those numbers. So I was like, I want to see if this is even possible. Like, is there any is yeah. there any like preliminary data to show like, oh, this could at least be feasible? And it kind of looks like yeah, like it it could be a feasible strategy, especially after a wild card. And you're sort of like, I'm pretty set in my team for a minute. So I'm, and I can just use this up. Totally. Yeah. So that that definitely makes more sense now. Why you have that a little bit of extra cash on the bench, um, because if you're going to be doing that, you don't want to like risk. You don't want like a bad person coming off the bench. Or, you know, you've got plenty of players, so now you can really make those aggressive transfers. I really yeah. like this theory. Um, part of me is wondering if. Um, I like the idea of it. I'm wondering though if if you picked like an attacking player and did that instead, and maybe did instead of having the best the best possible you know instead of targeting the worst offense, you're targeting the worst defense, and maybe you can transfer out different players for attacking. Now that is a little bit harder, I think. Yeah. Uh, as far that- as like points, but you also get the biggest reward too it's like i feel like with the goalie the goalie version is like your baseline is a lot higher but Mm -hmm. then with trent but and your and your ceiling is a lot lower but then with but it's the other way around with with attacking players so it would be interesting i'm sure you would you would love to like have like an ai team and do this exact (laughs) thing (laughs) and then like see like oh if i transferred out goalies each week what would it do if i transferred out a forward each week what would it do and like compare them at the end of the season like that type of thing but i'm really interested uh in seeing how this is going to go so i'm assuming you're going to pick up a goalie from that's going to play sheffield or burnley this week uh, so i i am debating uh so schmeichel also has a pretty good matchup i'm pretty sure this week uh or wait no maybe he doesn't I Schmeichel's got oh he plays liverpool yeah, no liverpool. yeah so he's going to be getting transferred out and so i remember what i was doing is so yes i am going to be flying the goalie this week or i may just use this week to get my second transfer back so then i can always have it, the extra transfer oh. if i need it i see like as i'm rolling through so i may pass on this week but 
Um, another thing that adds value to this whole thing is if you can pick up and get lucky enough to catch a goalie who's playing both Sheffield and then Burnley. Oh, yeah. Then you, get, then you can also catch up your weeks on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Of transfers. Yeah, no. um, Interesting. So I might be waiting on that because that's, that's not happening this time. So I might just be like, I'll keep my transfers off my wild card, get back to square one, and then try to make a push. Well, uh, well, I'm looking at Schmeichel right now. He's after Liverpool. He's got Fulham and then Sheffield. That's not bad. You could maybe yeah. try to do it then if you if you transfer him out now and then bring him back in for two game weeks. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's it it'll be interesting because I like it in theory, but also players get injured all the time. So we'll see. <laughs> Just yeah, it's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, <laughs> Next but, week you're gonna get like three injuries. <laughs> that's that's part of what is nice about the goalkeeper thing though, because goalkeepers yeah. get injured at a much lower rate than other players. So right, but I'm like saying he, if he's got other people injured, he's gonna have to transfer them out. Then he's gonna, oh oh oh, I see what you know. But so, how, but how, but how much value is having a better goalie over whatever one got you got stuck with potentially? That's what yeah, I'm that's thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's such true. little lost in having a quote unquote bad goalie compared to like what you can gain by having a an almost fi- like a 50% chance of a clean sheet every week. Yeah. And that's yeah. a that's a really helpful way to think about for me at least like what to do on game weeks where I don't have any transfers I want to make and like maybe I even have like a, a transfer saved up from last week like a way to use that productively. Um, that's really helpful. Yeah, and I and I think it also is helpful for if like like exactly what you said, where it's you're you're pretty happy with your team. That's why I think it only works like maybe after a wild card or if your team's been in a good spot or feels like it's in a good spot. Because otherwise, you need to use them to build your team. Hmm. Totally. Wow, interesting. Coming in here with some hot theories. Yeah, the first uh, the first original research of the podcast. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have to do it. This is what I was telling telling y'all when we've just chatted is that I I don't watch enough to 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 be able to do the eye test like I do in in football. Like I've watched enough to where like I can do that sort of thing a lot of times. But with this it's like I only have numbers. I can only yeah. use yeah. That, and that's all I use. Yeah, cuz you, you famously don't watch that much soccer. You watch some with us on the weekends, but not right. a ton. Yeah, and I absolutely love it when I do. But, yeah, it's not like a turn-on-every-weekend sort of thing. But um, I also was happy that I still have almost half a million. I have point four in the bank. Because that was another big thing is I made I made a transfers throughout the week. Like, you'll see, like, I transferred people in and out in the same week. Like, I had Sterling Oh, yeah, we, in and out. we saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw. There was, like, 16 <laughs> yeah. different transfers. So you were farming money? Is that what you were trying to do? Yeah, I was trying to. Okay, so you, how much do you have in the bank? Point four. Okay, yeah. That's pretty good. So that's, that's, a, not that's like, an upgrade. Yeah, and it's not like so much in the bank that you're like losing value on the field either. That's right. like that's like a that's a pretty good amount, I think. That way you can make a decent transfer if you need to upgrade yeah. somewhere. And it lets you take whatever goalie you need. Because I think the most expensive is like five nine. So Schmeichel at five yeah. and a half having point four leaves you yeah. there. Wow, this but. will be... I can't wait to see how this goes and have you on later yeah. in the season and <laughs> and see, get several several game weeks in and see how things are going. We'll have to bring you back on to see how that's progressed. Ooh. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I kind of feel like because fan, this, this fantasy is so fun to me, like it's worth just going for because in other fantasy sports, I take them too seriously to ever go for yeah. something yeah. like this. So. 
No, that's awesome. Yeah. Was there any one particular player that was like that? You're like, I'm just going to get him because I love him. Or, oh. or what was your favorite person to bring in or anything like that? You're talking about in, in Fantasy Premier League? Yeah. Oh. Um, I definitely love bringing Mo Salah on. I, I think he is amazing. Um, yeah, I, and I missed having... I mean, I haven't had any big score in almost any game week. Like, De Bruyne, all of my big dollar people have been not great, so... Yeah. It's, it's nice to have him go up with nine points and be like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to have people who do stuff on offense <laughs> on your team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I might be uh, I might be there with you in the Sala boat uh, next time we next Uh-oh. time we pod. We'll Come see. on over. Water's fine over here. <laughs> um, well, I've got I've got a question, and this is more of like um, a league wide question because, as you know, we all captained uh, Sun mm-hmm. this week. Well, I don't know if y'all have seen Spurs' um, fixture list coming up. It's pretty horrendous. Really? Yeah, it's Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, and then Leicester, and then Wolves. Oof. Not great what? attacking. Not great attacking fixtures, to be honest. So who are we going to captain this week, this next week? Actually, no. the next like eight weeks. Mo, 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 Mo. I think I'm going to go ahead and say that I think over the next several weeks we will see a lot of movement in our league table just because i don't think everyone's going to be captaining the same person because that's the way it's been the last like two or three weeks um and like there's been some movement but it's not like as drastic as someone missed their captain and someone gained get got their captain and got extra 10 points or something you know because that can make a huge difference yeah um from one player so i think we'll see a lot of movement in the next like eight weeks is it just depends on how you pick a captain and i'm honestly so nervous about that i think i might pick timo Werner for uh just in general or like for for this this coming week man who am i gonna pick he's got newcastle this week or i I guess like in two weeks whenever they play next um Uh, i'll be making i'll be making actually zaha captain this week really oh whoa Love against that. burnley against burnley oh that actually is that that is pretty good that's pretty fun wow. oh my oh my god see that's that what i'm saying first... that's what i'm saying like it's gonna be so wild that might be the first saha captain of the year for our league might be i i don't know who i'm gonna go with i typically don't go with anybody that's like that cheap but i might have to this week I mean, Mo Salah has Lester at home, and he's just good. So right now I've got the captain on him, but yeah. I might think about captaining Ziyech. He also because he's also playing Newcastle. I don't know. Yeah. Jack Grealish play, plays Brighton. Oh, yeah. I would probably do if I were you. I would do Grealish ahead of Ziyech. Yeah, I think I probably would too. I don't even know if I'll go with Grealish. I might stick with Salah just because even in tough games, like, he's fairly reliable. Yeah. He's looked good. Speaking of uh, upcoming fixtures, uh, looking at the fixtures for uh, game week nine, are there any that stick out to you that y'all are interested in checking out that you're looking forward to that you think might be particularly interesting? Ooh. 
Yeah, let's take a look at this list. Oh, first, while y'all are looking at the list, let me say the Premier League app, Classic, they have um, an article that says, could this be the most open title race ever? They've got the top, like, <laughs> they've got one player from each of the top six teams currently in the table right now. It just looks stupid. Like, could this be the most open title race ever? Could these people win the title? And it's got Ollie Watkins from Aston Villa and uh, James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. Yeah, like, either one of them are going to win the league. Like, what are they trying to get at? Yeah. And, of course, Everton is, like, seventh and just barely didn't make the freaking graphic. Oh, it just drives me nuts. Anyway, <laughs> what? who do y'all want to watch next time around in a couple weeks? Oh, man. Um, um, I'm interested. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let's all say it at the same time now. No, you go first. Um, I'm interested in watching uh, a couple of these games, but particularly I'm interested in watching Spurs Man City. Um, I think Spurs is like they are teetering on the edge of something. And it could be something good, and it could be something bad. Um, and <laughs> There's no I, middle ground, is there? No, and I really want to know what it is. Um, <laughs> and I think we will, we are likely to find that out this week against me. Spoiler, it's probably bad. <laughs> yep, it's, it's probably bad. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, so I think there's, something's going to break for Spurs one way or the other. Mm. And I think it's going to happen this week. So, wow. Or this coming game week, so. Yeah. Mm. Spicer, um, so while I'm interested in the in the in the Liverpool Leicester game, uh, the game that I actually think will be very fun to watch is Newcastle and Chelsea. Even though I don't know if I'll wake up early enough, yeah, that game just sounds like, from what I understand, like would be a pretty like fun game to watch, stylistically. Yeah, I is, agree. Is that true? I think yes. so. Yeah. I th- yeah. Chelsea's pretty pretty run and gun. They give up a couple goals pretty consistently. Um, but so is Newcastle. They're kind of yeah. like a Chelsea light in, in yeah. you know, in style of play. Yeah, so I would predict a lot of goals in this game. Uh, although my predictions have not been very good recently in terms of number of goals. So I could easily see like a 3-1 or a 4-1, 4-2, 3-2, you know, like something like that. Mm. I, I yeah. could easily see there being more than three goals, you know. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to pick one in particular other than Everton, of course, um, honestly, I think most of these games are great. Maybe besides, like, Burnley and Palace doesn't and seem Everton, very appealing. And Everton-Fulham. <laughs> Everton-Fulham is going to be great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're going to smash them, smash yeah. those cottagers. I actually think... Um, I'm excited about a couple. Uh, Aston Villa, Brighton, I'm excited about. I'll probably, too bad it's on at the same time as Everton. Unless they change it, it's on at the same time as Everton right now. Um, But I'm also looking forward to Leeds and Arsenal. I think that'll be an interesting game. I think that'll be really interesting. So um, those are probably at least, and then I'll probably watch the City Spurs game. But those are the two that I'm kind of interested in just because I like Aston Villa and I like Leeds because they're both kind of attacking now. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they perform again. Goodness. Did you guys see those Aston Villa jerseys from this past weekend? No. Uh-uh. 
they're the like all black jerseys. They looked amazing. Oh really? I love that. Oh my god. Oh I love that. They're, they're like, like the um oh actually you know what? I think I do remember that because I remember thinking that they were like they were the um like the like in a you know like in mean like what is that? Mean green machine or whatever that soccer Oh the big movie green from the big green. It's like those types of movies, the like the bad team always dresses in like all black, like the team yeah. that's like supposed to just dominate, you know? So that's what yeah. it reminded me of. Um, I, I looked up the jersey and they do look amazing. However, have you seen what the logo patch is for them? The Kappa one? The the black oh. all black Aston Villa kit. Yeah, the Kappa one. Yeah, that's like the company <laughs> that, that makes the jersey. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's that, funny, that's though. part of why I love it. That's like a classic logo jersey. Or jersey logo. That's why? Yeah, like I saw it and I was like, I cannot believe that this is a logo. <laughs> it's a, it's, they they do a lot of like Italian jerseys. I think. Ooh, I love the collar on that. Oh, man. Yeah, these are, yeah, the these are some great jerseys. They I actually have the same, they have the same like main sponsor as Everton, but yeah. these, this jersey's great. I think low-key Aston Villa's had some of the better jerseys of the past, like, season and a half. Because they also had, I don't know if you saw that um, dark green and black jersey, but it looked sick. It was, like, dark green, like, middle and black sleeves. It was awesome. Wow. That is cool. All right. Well, um, anything else we want to say? We've come to the end of another Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. Any parting words? Spicer? Spicer? Uh, no, just I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, love, love the, love the podcast. Love the league. Everyone, keep trying your hardest out there. And nice. Jay, we're gonna get you to the top. We're gonna, we're gonna get there together <laughs> on this podcast. If it has we're gonna one get, goal, we're gonna catapult it's to get you Jay to you. number one. <laughs> number one, Jay. Oh man. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being here, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.